right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me is Brandon, and we'll begin to the Michigan football talk. We'll be talking about a couple of kind of different aspects of Michigan and Michigan athletics and stuff, but uh, the thing that we always have been doing here recently uh, to start out the show, you guys know what it is. It's our Did You Know segment. Not really trivia, but who knows? Maybe it'll come up helpful someday. Useless knowledge. Oh, yeah. For your health. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, so I bring you a new one. And this is food. Food and beverage. Here you go. Food and beverage, did you know? I'll put that in the category. Uh, But did you know that if Coca-Cola did not have coloring added to it, it would be the color green? Really? I I thought it would just be clear. Nope. It will be green. Like like Crystal Pepsi. (laughs) Nope. Uh, Yeah, no, I kind of thought that too. But uh, apparently it is green Hmm. and i can imagine that people would it wouldn't be as appealing it it would be very interesting because you know usually the green pops have a distinct flavor you know like mountain dew and uh was it like the knockoff mountain rush or whatever the name is (laughs) yeah then you got your great save a lot brand mountain holler yeah there you go But um, those all have like that distinct citrus, whatever you want to call it, flavor. And it would be really weird to have one that looks like that, but tastes like Coca-Cola. That is really weird. It'd be kind of interesting. It'd be kind of cool to throw people off and be like, here, do you want do you want uh, some pop? And then just like, oh, yeah. I, I can almost guarantee if they did a taste test and they just put like the, the brown one next to the green one, people pick the brown one every time. Yeah. <laughs> so weird would be so that that would be so weird so yeah but there there you go that that i feel like see i try to go for i go for the weird obscure crazy or i go for hey you never know when this might come up in some weird random trivia thing so <laughs> that one i feel like could actually come up somewhere but we'll see and uh before we get into football the sport of football or Michigan and Michigan related and everything. I was hoping that we could come to you guys and be talking about the real cool conversation and topic of Michigan's winning streak. But unfortunately we find ourselves here after Michigan's first loss of the season. And they, they, they broke the school record because it was 16 wins and then they went to 17, but then they decided, well, okay, well, it wasn't really a decision, but <laughs> apparently for them, it was like, okay, no more. And they ended it at 17, losing to unranked Wisconsin, which of course, you know, kind of like in football, it's not easy to win at Wisconsin. But yeah, that's, that's going to hurt. I feel like that's going to hurt for our, the rankings. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's, I was really bummed. It was actually one of the few games so far that I've been able to watch like beginning to finish. 
Because a lot of times it's like either I jump in in the middle of it or, you know, I, I watch it very scattered or I have to follow on my phone, especially during football season. I don't really get into basketball that much. Um, so I was excited about it. It was a big deal. It was just like, you know, get it, for them to get through Wisconsin to be able to get to the next rankings, to be able to be r- officially ranked the number one because people were saying, you know, Duke lost to – why am I losing my mind? Somebody. So they uh, had a, Syracuse. Yeah, thank you. Duke had their second loss, and so the natural thing is like, okay, well, number two is going to be number one in the next rankings unless something happens. Well, something happened, and so now who knows exactly where Michigan is going to be. And worst of all, I believe, if I saw the rankings correct, it looks like ten, uh, there's a chance Tennessee or Virginia is going to be number one because I think Virginia yeah. is still undefeated. Anyways, whatever. That's not really what we care about. And we're not going to talk about basketball the whole time. But the one thing that I did want to mention, uh, Brandon, I don't know if you saw me uh, tweet about this, but uh, I found it a little comical. Uh, and I know everybody's uh, thinks a different way and everything, but I saw, you know, as soon as Duke lost, the Michigan fan base was like, you know, woo, number one, which, you know, <laughs> The number one team lost, and you're number two, right. so you automatically assume that. And I thought that, too. I was just like, hey, cool. Michigan's probably going to be number one. Oh, yeah. But it makes me chuckle because everyone's uh, now essentially like waving the flag that Michigan's the number one team in the country. They go on the road to unranked Wisconsin. Wisconsin sitting at 12-6, and six, unranked, and they lose by 10 points. And honestly, with the way the game looked, I mean, at 10 points is not as bad – or it looked worse than a 10 point loss. And then uh, apparently I, I actually like during the closing seconds, when the clock was winding down, I turned it off and I stepped away. But apparently there was, uh, was some of the Wisconsin students jumped on the court, you know, and, you know, freaked out. And I saw, <laughs> I found that out because I was on Twitter and I saw some of the Michigan fan base people, and maybe it was even media, I don't know, but uh, people from Michigan side scoffing at Wisconsin rushing the, I think I said field, I mean court, and scoffing at it. And I'm just kind of like, you guys do realize that you were just bragging about Michigan essentially being number one, (laughs) and now you're scoffing at an unranked team beating, quote-unquote, the number one team handedly and you thinking that that's like a dirt bag or a low ball move. It's just like, no, it's uh, if you're, if you're claiming Michigan as number one and then somebody takes out quote unquote, number one, let them have their moment because frankly, they totally earned it. And as tough as it was, it was an ugly game. A lot of things didn't go well. Um, and it was just frankly, their worst game of the season came at uh terrible point for them but you know it is what it is i wasn't i was one of those people that it it was uh i don't know if you saw this brandon and i don't i want to get your opinion on not really do you which do you agree with but do you kind of believe this but some people have that thought of oh well i'd rather have them lose a game rather than go undefeated and then like you know flop later in the tournament or something like that uh, I'm not, uh, I don't think you are, but I, I'm not sure what your thought is, but I'm just like, I don't care. I thought that they could have done a lot because they were looking really good at different times. I thought it was kind of dumb that they called Duke out. 
But do you do you ever like get that thought process where like some people have that thing where they say, oh, I'd rather have a team. It happens more so in basketball because football has less games, but I'd rather have the team lose now so that they can learn from it and play better basketball at, you know, later point in the season. I don't think it really matters either way. Uh, I mean, every team has, has lost before, whether it's like the season or the season before. I mean, very seldom do you have, you know, maybe somebody start off as a freshman and go through their entire uh, college career without losing. That might be something to look up, see if anybody's ever done that. Yeah. I but, don't... yeah, yeah like, to lose one now or to, you know, lose one in a tournament, I don't even think you can really compare that. I mean, yeah. as far as – and then as far as people – freaking out over Wisconsin celebrating, that's a big win win for them. I mean, that's a big win for anybody because Michigan was technically probably number one. Um, yeah. I mean, if they're going to go out there and celebrate, they're going to, you know, they're happy for their team. You know, they're not in the situation where they're ranked. So beating the number one ranked team, I mean, that's a big win. And that could, I mean, it honestly could turn their whole season around. Yeah. And, and I agree with that too. And it's just kind of like, you know, it wasn't official the poll didn't come out as Michigan being number one, just because I always find that weird. I mean, I get it, but always, that's why I like football better because it's like everybody plays one game a week, get the rankings every week. You get to see what's going on and what people are ranked for each game because it changes weekly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Michigan essentially being the number one team and that, and yeah, no, I, I think that's bogus. Now I do think that losing um, and I'll be kind of interested to see what your thoughts are on this. Uh, cause I think we had a conversation. It was this year or last year where, um, I think maybe it was, uh, last year. Uh, anyways, about a team losing a game and then you having to play them the next week. And, uh, cause, ever, uh, cause a lot of people are just kind of like, you know, oh, it's difficult to beat you know, such a good team right after they lose a game because usually they rebound really well. Oh yeah. I mean, kind of like the new, new England Patriots, like when they lose how many, how often do they lose two games in a row? Yeah. So it they, doesn't really ever happen. Yeah. So if they lose one game, then you don't really like the idea of playing them again uh, right afterwards, because chances are they're probably not going to lose two in a row, but it does happen. Now I do say say that where it's like I don't really care for that scenario, but it does happen. I have more belief and understanding in that thought process than anything of like oh, a loss will help build the team. I mean, you build the team however it comes, however the season goes. If you go on the field, go for it. Mm-hmm. So, but actually, I did not plan this, but to begin the talk about Michigan football in a different way but to talk about the uh the one and only the goat is um tom brady on his way to another super bowl and i know brandon you have something very interesting to bring up that about that conversation yeah it's it's tom brady's ninth super bowl and right now i i believe he's the number one in playoff starts or I mean playoff um Super Bowl starts with eight. This will make his ninth. Uh and I kinda did some math on it just wondering because you know like everybody else I'm like man I'm tired of seeing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I looked back at all the Super Bowls in history. I'm trying to think of what's the first one I remember watching as a kid. 
You know, I remember watching games here and there, but the first Super Bowl I actually remember sitting down and watching with my dad was 1993, and it was the Cowboys and the Bills. So I went from then, counted how many there's been. So it'll be 26 years of me watching the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady has been in nine of them, which I believe, what did I say earlier, 34%? Yeah. Yeah, like 34.5% of the Super Bowls I've seen in my life have had Tom Brady in them. Yeah. And, and then 30, 38 Super Bowls have had the Patriots in them because they made it with Drew Bledsoe back in like 96, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. That's for people going. Like, could you imagine, though? Now, of course, I know he, uh, a lot of the Michigan fan base is kind of part Patriot fans. Like, they're real Patriot fans that, you know, they grew up there. They've known the Patriots all the time, or they're Patriot fans wherever they are, whatever. But um, you and I, along with a lot of the Michigan fan base, kind of just added on the New England Patriots because of Tom Brady and his ties with Michigan and everything. So just the fact that if you were a real Patriots fan from your upbringing, all that, you know, I mean, because here we are in Michigan, we're Lions fans. And that huge difference. I mean, there's not you're not going to get anything more different than the success that the Patriots have <laughs> in football. No, not really. The yeah. Lions have won one playoff game in 61 years. Yep, that's that says it for you right there. <laughs> and they've only made the playoffs 12 times. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> this is his ninth. So yeah, he could go. Well, I mean, he could be in, yeah, he could be in more Super Bowls than the Lions have been in playoff games since 1957. Yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awful. Oh. It's so sad. It's it's depressing. So Lions football and, is done though. And there's only, I believe, four teams that haven't made a Super Bowl, and it's the Texans, the Jaguars, the Browns, and the Lions. Yep. And the Lions will probably be the last team to make one. Oh, I'm, yeah, I am. I totally believe that. I think uh, just kind of interesting for me to think about, but I think the first Super Bowl I remember watching because I didn't really grow up in a sports family. Uh, the thing that we watched most was college basketball. Uh, my family originally coming from uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And so we always watch the tournament every year. Well, the earliest Super Bowl I can remember, because I went to a Super Bowl party with uh, my family one year, I'm pretty sure it was either 98 or 99, because I remember Denver being in it. So, but random, random tidbit right there. I can't remember who they were playing. My guess would be 98, because I think Green Bay sounds more plausible on who they were playing, so... Yeah, it was Green Bay one year, and then I don't remember who the other one was. Atlanta. I'm I'm looking at the yeah, list right, right now. When you were talking about the earliest game, you uh, Super Bowl, you remember it got me thinking. So, yeah, but all right. So yeah, that was just kind of like the first Michigan kind of plug in for football there and everything. Great success for Tom Brady. I mean, I know everybody's excited. I I echo your thoughts. You know, it's nice to see something different. I mean, I'm still good and okay with Tom Brady having his success and everything, but I even tweeted out, I was either hoping that it was going to be 
uh, the Saints versus the Patriots because I thought it'd be kind of interesting to see Tom Brady. Ver- I know that they are on the field at the same time, but Tom Brady, Drew Brees matchup or the young up and coming uh, quarterback and the, you know, young staff that they have at uh, Rams. So it'd be Rams versus Chiefs. I thought those would be two good matchups, but mm-hmm. we get the Patriots and the Rams. So. Yeah, I was hoping for Chargers in the Super Bowl, but you know Philip Rivers is incapable of beating Tom Brady, so that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was that bad blowout, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. So, all right. Well, then we can officially move into a real Michigan football talk. So we'll uh, be bringing up uh, current things. Actually, we have a voicemail here that we'll listen to that I believe if I looked at correctly, I get a little bit of a transcript that comes in after somebody calls. And I think we're talking about uh, looking forward to 2019. So let me me get this here and I'll pull it up and hear what the voicemail is. And then we'll do our takes uh, after that. And... Just a reminder, if uh, anybody ever wants to call in or tweet at us or email us, feel free to send us thoughts or topics or anything that you want to discuss. During the offseason, things are pretty wide open. In the next couple of weeks, we are going to be planning a um, 2018 season review, so you guys can get ready for that. And we'll let you guys know ahead of time so you guys can call in and leave voicemail if you want for that. But uh, here we go. Here We've got one voicemail here for this week. All right. Hey, boys, this is uh, Ray from Tampa. So I know spring football is a long way away. We still haven't closed out uh, the recruiting season yet. You know, we still got until February. But I figured that I would call and lay some bold predictions. So my first bold prediction, which really isn't a long shot, is Pat Hamilton won't be here. He'll leave to go and become an offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach at uh, some other place. Second prediction is Shea Patterson throws for 3,500 yards and will have not one but two wide receivers reach 1,000 yards in receive, plus 10 touchdowns. One of them will have 10 touchdowns. We'll also have a 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, Last prediction I have is defense will be good but due to the amount of losses, we won't be number one, but we will be in the top ten. But the balance of the defense and the additions of the offense, really the, the new coordinator that we have and opening up the offense, we'll end up winning the Big Ten, beating Ohio State, and have a shot at the college football playoff. So tell me what you think. I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm missing Michigan football right now. Basketball team's doing well, even though we just lost to Wisconsin. But figure I'd give a call, see how y'all are doing. Thank you, and once again, go Blue. All right. Thank you, Ray, for the voicemail. Appreciate it. Um, That's uh, good and kind of interesting. That gives us a few things here to talk about and break down. Um, So I'll try to go step-by-step, make sure I don't miss any of it. Um, First prediction was Pep Hamilton. Mm -hmm. saying that Pep Hamilton wouldn't be at Michigan. Um, 
I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty on that because uh, I've looked into some things and uh, with Pep Hamilton and thing uh, things of that nature, and from what I've been seeing is they don't have to get rid of him. Uh, as far as like the number of assistants, I don't know exactly what the total number is. Um, yeah, I think it might be ten or something like that. But even with the hires that Michigan, uh, the coaches that Michigan has lost and has gained, they are not over that limit. So technically, they don't have to get rid of them. And the tidbit that I will add to this is a lot of stuff that I was reading on the back end of when uh, Jim Harbaugh first came to Michigan was that he uh, took his time. He kept it on the DL. Uh, you know, I mean, it was really under the radar until he actually was at, in Ann Arbor and landed in that whole thing. And, you know, Brady Hoke finished out his time and then he was kind of taken care of. He was found his home. Uh, you also saw how things were handled with, Oh man, who was it last year that nobody liked? Um, and I can't, I can't believe I'm uh, struggling with his name. The, uh, Oh my god, I'm I'm struggling I just, too. I saw his I saw I just pictured his face and I had it. Um <sighs> crap. Anyways, everybody knows who I'm talking about. Um but uh he was around for a while before they actually kind of if, until he found something and then he was on his way out. So people were saying that might happen with Pamp Hamilton where they just hold on to him until he finds something else. The Jim Har, whether it's completely Jim Harbaugh or just kind of the way that they're doing things now, I wouldn't be surprised if they still have him. Um, I, I don't, uh, he definitely will not have the role that he did if he sticks around. I mean, I don't think anybody's denied gonna deny that, but I, I don't know. I, I'm a little 50 50 on that. Uh, Brandon, do you have thoughts on if you've read anything or your thoughts of Pep Hamilton's going to be around by the start of next season or anything? Uh, I kind of feel the same way you do. Actually, it took the words out of my mouth. Um, yeah, I mean, I really – I don't know either way. I mean, if I see that he's staying, if I see he's going, maybe on Twitter or something, I, you know, I'm not going to be surprised either way. You know, I know um, Harbaugh does like to have a lot of assistance and – you know, have a few guys working, you know, almost working with the same people. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he stayed. But with the new offensive coordinator coming in and Harbaugh giving him the full reins of the offensive, like he said, apparently, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton left. Yeah. It, it, I guess it kind of depends on what Hamilton is okay with. Like, does is he searching for something new? Is he okay with somebody else kind of essentially taking his role in him going below that you know technically right uh, so that'll be kind of interesting to see i did look up here uh and um there was the coaching shift and move around but you know essentially michigan lost three coaches and replaced all three of them so they haven't really gained anyone so they're at the same amount of coaches they had before um because uh jim McElwain uh went to central michigan greg madison and uh, washington both to ohio state then Gaddis, Campanelli, and Nua, N-U-A, Nua. Uh, I, I heard about the hiring and everything, um, but those three came in, so they're still the same amount. So we'll see. It'll be kind of interesting. 
but I do lean on however it's handled. It seems like it's one of those things where they don't want to just ditch the coaches and everything. Yeah. Oh, and the name of that coach was Tim Drevno. Drevno. Thank you. That, I, I was going to say it, but I wasn't sure if it was right or not. So I looked it up. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, uh, shoot. Now I can't think of the other guy's name. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I had a hard time with, uh, making sure I was getting Drevno and, uh, Jed, uh, fish, fish. you know, get just getting them right. Cause I would think Drevno and I'd be like, Oh wait, am I thinking of fish? Um, yeah. So I was, so sometimes when I think of one of those names, I hesitate to say it because I sometimes interchange them and that was, that'd be a terrible interchange, but yeah, Drevno, you were right. So did you have to look it up or? Yeah, I just Googled it real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that to answer your first question or my thoughts on the first question. Um, so definitely real possibility there. Now the second one, uh, is kind of interesting because I don't know if you looked at the record book and uh brandon i don't know if you're familiar with this because well i know you're kind of more lion stats and everything but i don't know if you know uh michigan stats uh as in depth as you do lines but uh if jake rudock jake oh my gosh jake rudock shea patterson wow i'm all over the board if shea patterson really threw for 3500 yards then he would set the michigan single season record and he would almost break it by almost 200 yards yeah, so, I figured once you said that. Yeah, I could see him breaking three thousand yards, maybe because Jake Rudock did that, and that's kind of where I got hung up on that. Jake Rudock did that back in two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. He he barely broke three thousand, so I could see Shea Patterson doing that, especially with Gaddis coming in and everything that he's saying and the receivers that we have. Yeah. Um, your thoughts then, Brandon, uh, cause actually I'll share real quick, just the top three, cause John Navarre is 3,300, just over 3,300 and it's Jake Rudock just over 3,000 and just right under at 2,960 was Devin Gardner for season records. So, wow. I, I knew John Navarre was probably number one, but I, I wouldn't have guessed that Rudock and Gardner were two and three. Yeah, I thought Chad Henney had been up there, but I guess we ran the ball more often with Hart back when we had Chad Henney. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes in at his uh, highest season was 2,700, and Shea's on the list because he had uh, 2,600 yards on the dot, mm-hmm. and he's uh, on eighth place right behind Tom Brady. So, um, so I mean, if it, you know, that's 400 extra yards. I, I don't see that being out of the picture. Um, yeah, I mean, it all depends on how we run our offense. Uh, I mean, if he had that many for as much as we were running this year, and it seems like, you know, next year he could have, you know, a lot more than that. I wouldn't say that's out of the question. I'd say, um, you know, what Ray said is, is quite possible. Yeah. And the, uh, just kind of looking at the team and I know it's really early and everything and I've got to look into it cause I usually don't bother with recruiting stuff until the final signing day, just because things always change and players change their minds, which is mm-hmm. fine. It's what they do. Um, I don't think we're, 
not necessarily that Higdon was the best running back that we've seen in forever. He was good. Like, I mean, he broke a thousand yards. He did a good job. He did what he needed to, but also that was the way the offensive offense went. And my guess, of course, everybody's guess is that's going to be more passing because not only is the coordinator uh, heavy on passing, but also we have a very solid quarterback, multiple solid quarterbacks, and then we have a great wide receiving core. So I have a feeling that it will go up, and I do think that he'll uh, easily break 3,000, but uh, 3,500, not going to say it's impossible, but that's that's a tall order. Yeah. So, and uh, let's see, keeping with here. Oh, you, uh, Ray was also mentioning that there would be two receivers over a thousand yards and a running back over a thousand yards. Now I had, uh, kind of running in the back of my head when gas got hired, I was kind of thinking, okay, well, we'll probably be able to get a receiver over a thousand yards. Um, would it be possible to get a receiver and a running back over a thousand yards? I don't, I think two receivers and a running back is a stretch. I, what, I'll put it up to you, Brandon. What do you see most likely happening? Um, two receivers and a running back over a thousand, uh, over a thousand yards each, or just two receivers or a receiver and a running back. So three, three scenarios, all three or two wide receivers or one running back, one receiver. What do you I think see one running back, one receiver. Okay. And I can see another receiver maybe getting about 800 yards. Uh, I mean, it's kind of difficult um, to have all three. Yeah. Especially with some of the games we have to play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you never know how a game is going to pan out. You know, a team could be fumbling in their own in, or their own red zone. So you take the ball over you know, inside like the 30 or something. I mean, that's just 30 yards right there. And who's like, who's going to get it. And you have to count in the fact that we have, we still have some pretty decent tight ends, even though we're losing Gentry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eubanks and uh, McCune. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, and thinking about it too, if you have two receivers, that's 2000 yards. So, uh, you know, you're then guessing that a little over a thousand yards would be distributed to everybody else. While I do think that there will be more emphasis on passing, I don't think that they're going to change from how much they spread it around. Because when when those games came together and Michigan was passing to, you know, um, Bell and um, blanking on the other name. But, I mean, like, those obscure players that would get in there and they make, like, a really good play. Because, um, I mean, you already have Black and Peoples-Jones and... Collins. Thank you. Gosh, wow. Um, <laughs> I was having a brain farts tonight. I know. I need to look at the roster again because uh, <laughs> I've, I've kind of I kind of went on vacation mode a little bit after Michigan Michigan's game, and I I've been wa- I've been going back and watching some of the games. Uh, interestingly enough, but uh, anyways, besides that, so I think um, I think they'll still distribute a lot. So I definitely see a res- one receiver getting over a thousand yards. I, however, see it more likely. Oh, man, I don't know. That's kind of tough. I think it might be more likely that two receivers would break 1,000 yards rather than a one receiver and one running back. I just think that because of who Michigan has, 
that we uh, since the running back um, core is going to be different next year that there won't be a running back that breaks a thousand yards. I could totally be wrong. I know we've got some great guys coming in and everything. I don't really see Evans doing that. Um, but yeah, it'd be tough to say that a freshman would come in or maybe somebody who just really didn't play uh, last year, but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's interesting to talk about and think about because yeah, things, things will definitely be or should be looking different next year for the offense. Yeah, they got to take into consideration too. Like, it's easier in the NFL to have all three because you play 16 games. Yeah. Or in college, you play what? Some teams play like 11, others play 12. Mm-hmm. And then depending on championship game and yeah. Yep. So totally agree. Um, and then the last thing Ray brought up was about the defense. Um, definitely. Definitely valid, and I definitely agree that it, they might not finish at number one. Uh, the one thing that I kind of want to mention, and I don't think that we've talked about Brandon, because uh, I think maybe Craig and I talked about it after the last game a little bit, but I kind of want to know your thoughts. Uh, I know that Michigan did a lot with shaking things up on the offensive staff, which was great, which was good, which was needed, because, I mean, mm-hmm. you saw that. Uh, we saw the issues with the offense and everything, but let's also not go away from the fact that there were issues on the defense. Now I'm not saying that we should get rid of Don Brown and burn the whole thing down. What I am saying though, is that they need to take a good long, hard look at how they did some of the things because the last two games were horrendous. I mean, two teams put up over a hundred points combined against Michigan. And, you know, that's that's not good. So they need to take a good, long, hard look. So I'm hoping and thinking that, not saying that they'll turn everything upside down, but they that they will be ready, that they will have some new things in 2019 to be able to work with that. Now, going along with what Ray said, with the definitely the players that will be lost on the defense, as well as hopefully potentially them being more prepared, um, that I agree that I don't think they'll be the number one defense. Um, I would venture to say that they'll still be top. Uh, let's say top three. Um, would you say top three or top or, or how, how high would you put them? Would you be top three, top five, top 10? Like, what do you think? I know that we've been kind of spoiled recently, but I still think that the capability, because let's face it, Michigan faces quite a few, I, I wouldn't call them like the cupcake schedules that you see some of the other teams do, but you know, when you play Western Michigan and SMU and Rutgers and things like that, you can beef mm-hmm. up things, uh, your defensive stats like that. So I still think they could be top three, definitely top five. Uh, Brandon, your thoughts on that and Ray's thoughts about the defense. Yeah, or when you play Michigan State and you only get 97 yards of total offense. Ooh, burn. <laughs> but, um, no, I'd probably say we'll, we'll finish in the top 10. You know, I'm going to give a little bit of wiggle room. Um, you know, because we've lost some key players on the defense. I mean, Bush, Gary, and, man, uh, I'm blanking on his name, the corner. Well, oh, well, I was going to say Winovich, but. Um... And, yeah, Winovich as well. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to have a hard time which one we uh because it was back and forth. Um Long or 
See, this is why I'm terrible. Yeah, see, and I can't remember his name. And I know it wasn't long, so it was the other guy. Yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> so, the, yeah, the we, so we lost him. And, um, Hill, Hill. Yeah, so I, I could see a little step down because Ambry Thomas is looking to be the other starting corner. Um, and, you know, as soon as they can show me that they can cover a crossing pattern or a quick slant, which is what killed us against Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Because how many times did you see just Paris Campbell run across the field, catch it, and then boom, he's gone? Yep. Yeah. The the speed, the lateral speed of some of our guys, it it just got exposed against Ohio State and Florida. Yeah. So I I think it's going to be a little step down than it was from last year, but I mean, I still think we're going to be probably top ten. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too is that. Practically everyone is very excited about uh, how the offense is going to do. So let's face it. I mean, if the defense isn't going to be the number one in the country, you're still going to, if the offense improves even decently, how some people think, then you don't need the defense to be the number one in the country. I mean, sure. You might not be winning games where your opponent only scores seven, 10, 13, 14 or 17 points a game, but maybe they're scoring in the twenties but you're still still putting up like I don't know forty or something, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was long that that declared. Okay. See, we are so off tonight, man. I know. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Well, that was the thing too. Is like I was trying to get ready for this, and actually it worked out perfect with uh, Ray with your voicemails that or your voicemail. I know it wasn't as prepared, um, because I wasn't preparing for those questions, but. Uh, Thursday, Friday, even part of Saturday was kind of crazy because one of my kids was sick and I wanted to sit down and read through a bunch of stuff with, for this. And yeah, some weeks, man. And I know you know that because, you know, how, um, I'm trying to think of how old's your baby now? Uh, tomorrow she will be five months. Howie, five months old. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Good luck with that. So, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Don't want to go back. I'm, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that, I thought that voicemail was great. I mean, those those are perfect things for during the off season. Uh, we have some things planned. Like I said, we'll be talking about the, um, doing a review of 2018 season. Um, but if you guys have thoughts or ideas, by all means, uh, let us yeah, know. Yeah, any interesting facts, uh, stats, or anything you're looking at, or you know, just predictions like Ray had for next year? That's great because that really gives us something to talk about when it's kind of a slow week. Yeah, because we'll keep up with things weekly. We'll talk to you guys uh, and bring you what we find, but also there'll be ample opportunity to discuss whatever we want. One thing that we have possibly on the docket is you know, remembering some of the great moments for Michigan football. Like, what were you there for? and different things like that. Uh, we might do that at some point. So of course we would love voicemails with anything, um, anything with, from that nature. So we'll, we'll let you guys know when that happens so we can prepare for it. But yeah. Um, really looking forward to 2019. Brandon and I are cranking away at it and open to ideas and we'll be drafting up some new things. Like I said, nothing too crazy is going to be changing, but we're, we're going to have a good 2019 and hopefully that turns into 
good things for Michigan football. So anything else, uh, Brandon, I think here before we sign off or. No, I think think that's a good way to wrap it up. Yeah, it's been good. Always good to talk about Michigan football, uh, Michigan sports. Sometimes it's better than others just because of the things there are to talk about. (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, be sure to pay attention to Michigan basketball. Uh, They're doing well. Uh, and we'll be watching them moving forward. Tom Brady in the upcoming Super Bowl. We thank you guys for listening. And as always, we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.